Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empowering Her podcast. I'm Melody Pormorati. So excited today to be joined by Alana Rea. And I'm just going to intro her and then we're going to go right into all the good stuff. Alana is a member of the International Space Station National Lab Education Subcommittee, serves on the National Girls Collaborative Champions Board, and has authored 60 plus articles for Huffington Post, Ms. Magazine, and Thrive Global. Her award-winning book, Etra, Girls Who Do You Want Who Do You Want to Be, was released on Day of the Girl 2019, featuring wisdom from 40 luminary women like Ariana Huffington, Deborah Messing, and Reshma Sojani, alongside quotes from 50 girls. Prior to launching Etra in 2016, Al- Alana was a corporate attorney at Skadden Arps in New York City and a guest lecturer at Columbia University. She graduated from Smith College and the University of Chicago Law School and remains unapologetically nerdy. I love that so much. Alana, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I love that intro. Oh my goodness. It's, it's an amazing intro. You are clearly a woman who has done so much. I mean, so close to my heart. This podcast isn't a podcast. Like my, my listeners know, we don't interview that many women, but I was so excited to interview you because what you do is so close to my heart. It's so close to what we do at Girl Life both of us really empowering and and hoping to inspire the next generation. Tell me a little bit about Etra, how you started and what your mission is all about. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love this. Um, And I do feel like our missions are so well aligned that I'm seriously thrilled to be here. Um, I started Etra in 2016 because like you, I recognized the stats that were showing up about girls' confidence And when I saw things like by age 14, girls' confidence can drop by 30% or that they were quitting their sports by that age at twice the rate of boys, I just thought, you know, this is craziness, but perhaps easy to fix or at least take a step towards fixing. Um, And what I wanted to do originally was build a website. I called it Etra, which means to be in French, because I really liked the idea of asking girls who they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And the idea originally was simply to put up free resources, keeping girls close to the things they loved, like STEM, like sports, the arts, writing, anything, and then putting quotes from really empowered women, role model women, up next to it. So the girls could be inspired and have resources at their fingertips. It grew into something I never would have imagined, but the original idea was simply to keep girls close to what they loved early so they didn't quit, they didn't add to those stats, and then give them mentors and role models to help guide them. That is amazing and such a beautiful mission. And the first thing that's coming up to me is how are you matching girls with mentors? How are you, how are you making that process happen? So originally, um, it started where girls said to me, it's not enough to interview these women. It's not enough to email them or hear what they say by looking on the website. We want to meet them. And I actually had not intended originally to be bringing girls face-to-face with mentors. That seemed a little too ambitious. Um, So I started reaching out to women that I knew in companies where the girls had interest and saying, if I brought 10 girls through for an hour, two hours, could they come and see you? Could they see what you do every day? Would you make time for us? And Spotify was the first company out of the box to say yes. And I took 15 girls into Spotify in 2018 And that was the very first, we called them lunch and learns. And that's really where I saw the difference, the huge value. 
in having a girl stand in front of a role model and ask her questions and be taken seriously and given really empowering answers. So in the beginning, it wasn't a one-to-one match and it still isn't entirely. I was taking groups of girls anywhere in New York, because that's where I'm based, um, to meet senior leaders face-to-face. And so starting in 2018, we went to Google, we went to YouTube, we went to the Stock Exchange and Morgan Stanley and NBC and all of these places. And girls met women, asked their questions, what's happening now? Because if that was 2018 and 2019, all pre-COVID, now that the girls are into high school or going into college, they are actually reaching back to the women they met and saying, hey, I met you when I was a freshman. You said something that moved me. Could I reach out to you about an internship? Could I reach out to you to look at my resume or ask you one more question? And the women are saying yes. So the mentorship aspect happened really organically. These group visits, which were happening pre-COVID and then during COVID, we just pivoted to virtual. Those are still ongoing. And that's what's driving this mentor connection. And Honestly, not one company, not one woman has said no. That means so much to me to hear that, like in an age where everyone is so like, we're doing so much busy work for them to hear from you and to be willing to mentor these girls is so important. And you know, what you're, what you're doing, like just bringing girls in those spaces. I know you're saying it's virtual right now, but the fact that you started out physically bringing them in front of these mentors, there's a whole other energy and magic that comes forth when they're actually standing in the same room and like seeing this woman and asking questions, like just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I I see here that um, you really encourage girls to ask questions. And I feel like I just like the girls that I work with in my own workshops, some of them get really shy and timid. um, And you know, it can be a little bit intimidating to meet a mentor in, in that way. How do you encourage them to step beyond that and really, really make a connection? It's true. You're not wrong. I think there's magic in going to the spaces. I've had um, parents or older siblings, when they were putting one of the girls on the bus, pull me aside and say, look, she's really shy. She doesn't raise her hand in class. She's excited to go because she has always wanted to see YouTube, but she's not going to ask anything. And that is the girl that when she gets into a boardroom has her hand up the whole time. There is something different and impactful about sitting in a boardroom or a recording studio or standing on a stage at NBC and being able to ask anything. And I say to them all the time, raise your hand instead of lowering your standards. And I mean mean it in a myriad of ways, right? Raise your hand to volunteer, raise your hand if there's something you protest. But in this case, and in most cases, ask your questions. Do not wait for someone else to ask the question. It's so likely that she has that same question. And I have seen girls otherwise reticent spinning in a boardroom chair, seeing Etra's name up in a light in a boardroom and feeling like they're there to be heard and they're raising their voices. So I think there's some special magic that happens when a company throws its doors open and says, we want more women at the table and we are saving seats for girls. And what is your question? They ask. Brilliant. I love it. I love to hear it. Now, how about the, like the piece you said, there's no company that ever said no. How are you approaching these companies? So First of all, I'll qualify by saying not every company can do it right when we want to do it. 
I might reach out and they may say, we love this idea. We'll do it next quarter. So it might be a, yes, we'll do it soon. They're not saying no, because I'm keeping it a really light lift. I'm not hijacking anyone's whole day. Um, And I'm pulling girls out of school. So for the schools, they need for this not to be a whole day. Um, When we were going live, I would, you know, grab a bunch of girls on the bus and pick up in a bunch of places, whether it was New York, New Jersey, or the girls would meet me there. We would stay an hour, two hours tops, tour everything they could see, have lunch, meet with as many women in as many different areas of the company as they would let us. Um, And the reach out is in a bunch of different ways. Sometimes it's through my own network. A friend of a friend is somebody there who can put us in the right spot. I think having been to as many companies as we have now, it gets easier every time. There's a little social proof there. But I have reached out for the company visits and for the book the same way. Sometimes it's a cold LinkedIn message. Sometimes it's an Insta DM. I think lately, certainly during COVID, more people, more leaders were handling their own DMs. There wasn't as much flowing through everybody's press room. Everyone was on their phone or their laptop all the time. So reaching people actually was a tiny bit easier. Um, So it can be done in a million ways. And honestly, I'm not asking for me. The reason I think I can ask fearlessly is that I'm asking on behalf of the girls. You know, 15 girls in high school want to come toward the floor of the stock exchange. Would you bring them? Um, Or want to hear about what it's like to make videos at Billboard um, or what it's like to write a show for Disney? Could we come? They make the time for the girls. That's so beautiful. I want to be one of those girls. (laughs) Right? Right? It's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. And, you know, we really do have an audience here. Our listeners are dreamers. They dream big. They've got all these ideas. They've got so much vision. And often we get stuck in perfection paralysis. So when you were starting Etra, were you faced with any of those challenges, any of that imposter syndrome? And if so, how did you bust through it to create this like masterpiece. Fully terrified. When I first <laughs> fully unabashedly terrified. When I first posted the website, um, I launched it on Mother's Day of 2016, mainly because I thought everyone will be on Facebook. I can put this link up there. Everyone is sending happy Mother's Day wishes. And so many of my friends who had encouraged this, who had said, my daughter, my niece doesn't know what I do every day. I have a great job and she doesn't know all of those women would be on Facebook. That decision to push publish and actually put it up there and then list it on Facebook was so, as you say, paralyzingly scary. Um, I think I thought if it's awful, I'll take it down and there's no harm in trying. And I had beta tested it a little bit with some girls and some other women and gotten a good response. For me, the way to break through, I sent one cold email every day since that first day of the launch to a woman I didn't know and just said, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Here's a link to the website. I would love any feedback, good or bad. I'm super new at this. Anything you have to say is helpful. And I sent one a day and six weeks in, I sent one to Ariana Huffington and she wrote back and she said, I love what you're doing. I'd love for you to write for Huffington Post, write about what you're doing. Um, and I'd love a video of you with your girls, send us your logo, you know, all of this stuff I had no logo. I took the screenshot of the corner of the website. And for two years, that was our logo grainy and a terrible color <laughs> and awful because I didn't know, but I think the joy of it outpaced the imposter syndrome. 
It was so much fun. The girls were loving it to have someone like Ariana Huffington say, yes, you're not wrong about this. There's a place for this helped us grow a lot faster than we otherwise would have. But there just was a lot of joy around it. And the girls really loved it. And I think I took a lot of my courage from the girls. Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah, they really do dish up that courage. I learned so much from our girls as well. And you know, what you say is so amazing, like your grainy logo, right? Like it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to get done. And I always say like, I also like to this day, I still get nervous sometimes before a workshop or before a presentation. That's okay. You know, and what I say is I, I allow that desire for impact to be so much greater than the fear. And then I'm like, all right, there's nothing I can't do. And I love how you're getting your energy from the girls. There's so many different places we can call on to get that energy. And Ariana Huffington, I love her. She also was instrumental to my journey because I also reached out to her and like, talk about a female mentor. She responded to me herself. Uh, She asked me to write for Huffington Post, which is where a big portion of my journey at Girl Life and and my coaching company, all of it began. So like, Mm -hmm. if we can all take a page from Ariana Huffington and, and like pay it forward in that way, look what, how she helped us forward to our girls. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. So thank you for sharing that story. I want to talk a little bit about this book. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited about it. Congratulations, Alana. It's called the Epic Mentor Guide. And uh, when is the official publish date for this? March 15th. March kicks out. Yes. Oh my God. This is so exciting and clearly a labor of love. Tell us about this book. So thank you so much. Um, I'm, I'm so excited. When COVID hit and we couldn't go into companies anymore, as I said, we started doing these virtual mentor pop-ups, which were terrific. And they did two things. They allowed us to gather girls who were further away from where I live. All of a sudden, we were putting this on social media and girls in India or Turkey or Israel were joining these, these virtual pop-ups. And what struck me about that, not just that they were making the time to do it, but that girls everywhere were asking the same questions. It didn't matter whether you had a girl in Jerusalem or a girl in California on this video, they all wanted to know really specific things about the work world. How do I ask about inclusion in an interview? Do I actually need a cover letter? How I I love art and how do I get my art and animation seen by someone at Pixar? Specific questions about finding an internship or a job and then specific questions about particular workplaces. And I thought, why can't we collect all these questions and reach out to senior women at those companies to get answers? So the book was born of our inability to be face-to-face with women. And I thought like with the first book, well, if I get 50 women, you know, how amazing will that be? And the girls' questions kept coming in and I just kept sending them out to women where I thought they might be an appropriate person to answer. And we wound up with 180 women answering questions from girls, um, one-to-one. Each answer is matched with a question, unless we got so many questions about an industry that we collapsed them into one. So for example, space science turned out to be a huge area of interest. And we have NASA astronauts in the book answering combined questions about working at the space station, working at NASA. Um, so certain areas you know, wound up with a bunch of questions being asked of one woman. But 180 women at companies that really resonate with the girls 
And it, it was such a fantastic experience because the women all took it seriously. Everyone said, oh, I wish I'd had this. And we cover a huge variety of industries. You know, we're talking, it's not just the astronauts, it's artists and news anchors and neurosurgeons and founders and physicists. And it's just a really wide swath of the female workplace. This is amazing. Like, I love how you went about doing this. And just like you said before, like if one girl has the questions, chances are many girls have the questions and I'm so excited. I just finished reading it and I'm so excited to share this with my daughters. I was, I said to them like next in line of of your books, there's so many books they're reading at school, (laughs) but I said, I want you to read this because it's fantastic. And one of the things I love about it and my books are the same way is like, I could close my eyes and literally just pick one of these and, I, and I'm going to go ahead and read one because I think this is amazing. Uh, what is the key to writing unforgettable thank you notes and how can this skill be used well in the workplace? So that's just like an example of one of the questions that is asked. Here's another one. Why is being effective at work more important than being right? So like, this is some of the knowledge that we don't get in school, right? This is the stuff that you're providing our girls with that they wouldn't necessarily have like a hands-on answer from someone who's out there doing the thing. Right. And then you find the best person you can to answer it. So the woman who answered the thank you note wrote a book about writing a thank you note every day for 365 days. And the book has been quoted six ways till Sunday. But there is an importance. It's not just manners anymore. It is the idea of following up, of building a network. Nobody's too young to do that and how to do that in a polite, age appropriate, but effective way. Because this book is geared for high school, college, post-grad, you know, everyone stepping into the workforce for the first time. What I didn't expect is that it is also being read by women who are pivoting. Look how many women had to step out of the workforce during COVID, had to readjust and are now onboarding into a whole new area and they need mentors too. So what's interesting about the advice, the two quotes that you just picked, which I love, um, is that there's wisdom to be had, whether you are starting your very first day of a job or an internship, or whether you're turning to something new and you're midway through your career and you still need advice that's of the moment. That's so brilliant. And, you know, this whole idea of the great resignation that's happening right now, and just as you pointed out right now, talk to us a little bit more about what you're seeing with the great resignation, pivoting careers during the pandemic and the she session. I'm seeing a huge community of women really willing to reach out and help each other. I think, I think two things about it. I think women are reaching out to say, I will absolutely help you. Let me introduce you to someone else. There's a a beautiful peer mentorship that's happening. It's not just mentoring senior to junior. I'm seeing peer mentoring happening among women, sharing their networks, making sure that they're sharing resumes. What's interesting about having a mentor once you've had one is that 90% of those who have been mentored are likely to mentor somebody else. And I love that stat because I think it's true. And women in the workforce are being very generous with their time and their connections. I think during the she session, the other thing that happened was that girls saw mentors within their own homes in an entirely different light. I talk a lot about the fact that when I was working, my daughter didn't know what I did every day. And it's because she didn't see it. I would drop her at school. I would leave for work. I would come home. I was focused on what she and her brother were doing. I wasn't talking about my work day and she missed it during COVID. 
girls saw their mother, their aunt, their neighbor, anyone in their bubble working all day, every day. They saw balancing work life up close and personally. They saw what it takes to lead a team because they watched someone in the next room doing it on Zoom. They might have watched their mom lead a team entirely made up of men and have it not be remotely weird. And that in a quiet way was probably eye-opening for that girl. So I think women met the moment and girls met new mentors Mm -hmm. all during this time period. That is so brilliant. And it's so true. I I know my own daughters, they saw a whole other side of me. Right. And it was just, it was like the gift that came from COVID. There's so many things, right. It it was a gift. So much has changed. Um, We've all learned so much about ourselves, about how we operate, but how lovely that we've been able to introduce uh, our girls, our daughters to what it is that we do day in and day out. I think that, that, that was a beautiful takeaway for sure. Um, I'm going to pivot a little bit and, and ask you, March 8th is around the corner, International Women's Day, a, a day that's so special, near and dear to my heart and yours too. Uh, what are you guys doing at Etra to, to celebrate? We'll be doing a bunch of Insta Lives. We'll be dropping in and out of places, just talking about the book and talking about International Women's Day. I mean, I think sometimes for organizations like ours, both of ours, every day is International Women's Day. We are always highlighting and celebrating women paving the way. Um, so we'll be just in pre-launch mode, getting ready, lots of Insta Live, keep watching us at Etra Girls um, for everything that we're doing. And we're just so grateful for how many groups are doing giveaways and talking about the book and all the girls who read it ahead of time starting to talk about it. I think we'll see a lot of that on International Women's Day too. I will so be there for all of it. And and if there's any other way that I can support, just let me know because I want to help you get this book out there. The messages are phenomenal. Uh, Please tell people where they can get this book, how they can find you on social, website, all the places. Yes. So on social, we are at Etra Girls. It's E-T-R-E girls everywhere. Um, And the website, etragirls.com. If you go to books, the book is there. Um, the book is available, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, um, pre-order independent bookstores, all of that in pre-sale right now. And I'm so happy that we're a number one new release um, for young women and young adults. Um, and then you can obviously on social find us everywhere. I think um, for the book itself, we'll be coming out on March 15th in stores everywhere. And we'll be doing a bunch of giveaways. Um, what else did you ask me? That was where to so, find the book. So good. Yeah. And, and let's talk about the giveaway. Cause we want to do a giveaway, right? Why yes. not? Let's do well, one. Actually, there are two ways that people are giving away. That was the other thing I did want to mention. I have been asked, how can I get the book into the hands of girls who might not be able to buy it for themselves? Hmm. And so what people have been doing and this just a smart friend of mine suggested it. And I love it so much. People are buying a book on Amazon and then sending it to a local Girl Scout troop. Um, a girls who code chapter, since the CEO of both of those organizations are actually in the book, um, girls Inc chapters, their local library, a favorite faith-based organization, people one book at a time are sending it to someplace, you know, a school library where girls can read it. And that is warming my heart every day. So for anyone who wants to, you know, mentor multitask a little bit, um, you know, send it anywhere where you think in your community or your life, a girl would want to be able to have access to it. I'm so uh, doing that. Thank you for the suggestion. I love it. We'll be I, doing I love it too. And I cannot take credit for the idea, but I love it so much. 
um, for our giveaway. Yes. So you and I, um, I am giving away um, a signed copy of the book as well as a little extra swag. We have hoodies, sweatshirts, we have baseball hats, keychains. Um, we are, we've got logo swag. So you can explain how we're going to do the giveaway, but I will send it and I will sign it. So make sure that you tell me your name and your sweatshirt size and we'll go from there. Amazing. Okay. So this is how we're going to do it. Uh, Just take a screenshot of this podcast episode. Talk to us about your biggest giveaway and be sure to tag us on Instagram. So you can find Alana at Etra Girls and you could find me at Girl Life Empowerment. And yeah, just get it out there. Let's share the love for this book. Let's pay it forward. Um, I always say the best thing we can do as women and the best thing that we do do as women is that we share positive messages. And this is one of those ways that we get to do that together. I'm so thankful that you took the time to be here with us, Alana. So much wisdom. Uh, is there anything you want to leave us with before we we sign off for the day? I just want to sort of throw a thank you out there to the women. You know, we're, it's the first day of Women's History Month. We're coming up on International Women's Day. The women from companies that girls care about, you know, TikTok and Snapchat and SpaceX and and Lego and all of these companies where girls use the platforms, they use the product, they love it, they can picture themselves working there. Thank you to all 180 women for taking the time to answer their questions. It's so nice. It really moves me. It's beautiful. Uh, Thank you again for all that you do for our girls. And this was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. If you love what you're hearing, please go ahead and leave us a review so that we can keep the empowerment flowing. Also, be sure to follow along on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment, and I would love for you to check out my newly released book, Empowered Women, Empower Girls, across all Amazon platforms. I'm so grateful for you, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week.